Good evening, Patriots. And it's Sunday, April 10th in the year 2022. And for the East Coast, I always forget this because I say that you're already in the next day. <laughs> so how's that going? You enjoy Monday already? Because I'm still liking Sunday. I'm going to hang out here on Sunday for a while. But it's good, I'll tell you. Patriots, I'm going to kind of focus on some perspectives tonight. A lot of things. I had a nice day. I didn't have to, didn't even bother to listen to the news. It's amazing. Just unplugged for the day. Kind of chilled, talked to some friends, did some reading, did some other stuff I had to do in preparations for things. Good day. Had a cinnamon roll too. Man, that was rocking. Best cinnamon roll. Yum. You had a cinnamon roll on a Sunday. I'll tell you right now. And you need to get good sleep. So remember that. Make sure you're keeping up your sleep. And that's why we continue to talk about MyPillow because MyPillow has some of the best sleep products out there. And they're all good for you. Great pillows. The MyPillow Classic, which is on sale right now for $19.98. You have the great sheets with Giza cotton sheets. They're down as low as 60% off. You've got great sleepwear for men and women. You've got mattresses, mattress toppers. They've got everything you need. Make sure that you get a fantastic night's sleep. So if you head on over to MyPillow.com, or you can go to MyPillow.com forward slash Bards, which is the Bards Nation's landing page. They also have great towels, by the way. Their bathroom towel sets are amazing. Super cotton. Everything is high quality. And you get great savings on all that if you use your Bards code, B-A-R-D-S, B-A-R-D-S, Bards promo code. And you can use that same promo code on the MyPillow site, the MyStore site, and the FrankSpeech.com site. And in addition to that, if you want to speak to a patriot, like a real patriot pillow council, real human voice, American human voice, you can talk to, you can call 800-975-2939, 800-975-2939. You can use that promo code again, BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, and they're going to get you hooked up. So head on over to MyPillow.com, check out the great savings, support a company that is the type of company that believes in America, fights for America, stands for liberty, the type of company we need like 300 more of and 300 more CEOs like Mike Lindell. So MyPillow.com forward slash Bards. Use your promo code Bards, B-A-R-D-S, and get exactly what you need to make sure you have a good night's sleep. Ephesians 1.11, in him we have obtained an inheritance having pre, been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things in accordance to the counsel of his will. I love that passage. As you know, that's the passage that was given to me in prayer and why our bended knee is at 111 each day. When we walk in a world with trusting God, we are truly putting all of our trust in God and trusting in what, where he guides us, even though at times we don't quite figure it out until afterwards, usually. We're really good at looking backwards. We're not really good at going forward, but I don't think we're supposed to be because it's part of the trust process. We're children, and we're having to learn trust in Father. And it's a wonderful walk when we do because he's there, and it's all things that are there. So I'm going to paint a little vision for you here. Imagine an economy that was built on an equity concept, equity in kind. Right now, our equity is built on 
you get a job, some will get a job that pays, say, $10 an hour. Some will get a job that pays $17 an hour. Some will get a job that pays $100 an hour or the equivalent. And so the equity is based on an inequivalence of time, based on whatever you're doing. And then the dollars that you get back or this paper thing you get is what you use to buy your products. That's your equity. But imagine a world where you could come in and you were a farmer, say. And as a farmer, you could, you had 100 bales of hay, real good quality hay. And someone else had, oh, let's say they had a whole bunch of timber that they had cut. And someone else, maybe they had time, like they're really good craftsmen, and that's that was their equity. And imagine that you could put all this together and each it would be an equivalence of an equivalence of credit. It sounds similar, but it's not, because you wouldn't be you'd be using your own gifts and talents as God gave you, and that would give you an exchange principle. That's the type of world we need to be moving towards, where you're not committed to work for the enslavement of a corporation, but you're using your gifts and talents in a way that each person is building up an equity to do exchanges. So we kind of look at it like a hybrid barter model, if you will. And we have to get away from this money thing. Hebrews 13.5, keep your life free from the love of money. And be content with what you have, for he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. In a true sense of where we walk with God, I think a lot of the challenges that come about right now in this time is that we're we're being crushed in so many perspectives and so many sides by an enemy that wants to crush us. So you're getting the pressure from a mortgage. You're getting the pressure of a declining dollar. You're getting the impression, the compression from increasing food prices. You're getting the compression from increasing gas costs. And all these things feel like they're just crushing upon us. And so the, the response that's happening too often is that we're looking and going, okay, I need, for example, I need to get a better job. I need to get more pay out of my job. I need to find a way to make more money. I need to vote somebody else in that will change these things. But all of that is trying to fix a corruption, a cancer from within. And the entire structure of the system is so inverted and so out of balance that there really is no fix for this system except to let it completely burn down. And I'll be glad to throw the match, trust me. And it's going to be rough as we go forward here. It's going to be pretty bumpy for some and not so bumpy for others. And I think where that difference is going to lie is where we put our faith. This system that we're in right now is as it squeezes us and as we react, we have to keep a clear head and listen to God on this path of how we choose to walk. So let me take that squeezing concept into another place. You probably have seen this happen. And I'll use a simple example. Say a child picks up something that's hot. And you'll watch the reaction because they'll be like, ah, it's hurting, it's burning. (laughs) And I don't mean to laugh, but it's like, let go of the damn thing. Yes, it's hot, but let it go. 
stop hanging on to it because it will stop burning you when you let go of it. But the reaction too often is to squeeze and to hold it, and it ends up holding us and burns us more. So now let's take that and apply that to food costs. Food costs go up, and the first reaction that we get is, oh my goodness, it's costing me more. I'm going to have to give up something to get something. Okay, but the first reaction should be, I better tear up my lawn and start growing a garden, or I better get some growing stuff and grow it on my countertop, or I better start planting some seeds. Because God gave us the wealth. He gave us everything. But our reaction is to try to go back through the system. And in the system, we're squeezing ourselves into their own trap. It's a trap of scarcity, and we keep accepting it. Versus a trap of versus freeing ourselves from the trap and going into God's way where everything is there for us to have. 1 Corinthians 10.13 No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way to escape and this is critical, listen, that you may be able to endure it. Didn't say you'll be able to party and have a good time and build a mansion and be free. We will be able to endure it. Right now is a critical time when all of these things are squeezing down upon us. And they're coming at us from many different angles. And each one has unique pressures. When I say that, each, each event and for each person, it's different. But this is what I can say in all honesty. As we are stepping into that walk with God and we're walking there and we're listening and we're continually being diligent about building up this, the impact of that is going to be lessened. And no matter where we go, we will be able to endure it. I think one of the naiveties is to believe that with God, there'll be no problem. I don't believe that because there's going to be, there is a collective collective sin that we're dealing with here in this nation. And we have a lot of participants that like to do sin a whole bunch, like our rainbow warriors, like the pedophiles, like our government. I can go on the list. I think we all get the idea. And just because we're walking with God doesn't mean we're going to be able to have no effect on what they're doing on us. Take, for example, in a town where everybody's got their head in the sand and the food prices are skyrocketing and market shortages begin to happen. It doesn't mean that we are going to be immune from that impact, but we will be able to endure it better as we walk with God. And right now, I will tell you, I have talked to so many people and everybody's getting the same message, which is prepare. Prepare yourself to endure and to reset. And that's a common message I'm getting, a common message that many other people are getting. And this is coming through prayer and coming from listening to what my heart's telling me. So it goes back again to our relationship with God. And it's a very deep and close, intimate relationship with Jesus and through Jesus to the Father. We need to take that time 
to listen, to enjoy, to talk. And I really believe that if we're very, if we're going to be absolutely honest with ourselves right now, and I'm not telling you there aren't looming threats, but I've listened to enough of this stuff lately. What's going to get us through, as I think we all know, is going to be that trust in Father to take us. But the fear is not going to help us. So there's some clamoring again of the fears of the next pandemic, the fears of the poison in the water. That's the latest one. The hemorrhagic fever is another one that's being pushed out there. And so I say, okay, that's very possible. I mean, we could all be potentially exposed to it. But it really doesn't matter because whatever God intends for us in that walk is a fearless walk and whatever outcome that is, we're going to be okay. Because we all know we have one thing guaranteed as we're walking with Jesus and we've got that intimate relationship with him. We've got life waiting for us. We're trying to get through this, not to escape this, but to walk through this life, to have the greatest impact in this life, to truly raise up the kingdom. And as we're doing that, we're told, just go forward, have no fear, be fearless in this effect. I think if a person chooses right now to be a couch potato worshiper and sit on the side and what I like to call the pew marshmallow, I you're not going to get through this just with prayer. I don't believe that because I don't believe that we're in a time where just prayer alone is going to do, do enough because we have responsibilities in this physical form to do the things like preparing, building gardens, reaching out, but it is a time to reach out. And it is a time to connect with others and to build. And it's a glorious time to do that. Glorious time to build out on the kingdom, to be out here sharing the, the good word with people, sharing the love of Christ that we have in our life. And so much of that can be done by actions. This goes back to what I was talking about yesterday and last night, in which was this amazing day I had with the folks up at the farm that are doing their outreach through teaching the method of true connected natural farming. No herbicides, no chemicals, nothing on, I mean, it's all natural cycle. And that process is about everything, really at the core of that is everything that we are. Now, you know, I was thinking about this a lot today because we're watching this insanity of people deciding that they're going to have, they're going to decide their own gender, that, that somehow it's natural to have a relationship that's of same sex. And, and it really is ridiculous because it's like, I, I want to be an or, a biological being, but I don't want to be biological, yet I want to have all the same outcomes of being a biological being. Just, you know, I want to choose to identify as a doorknob, but I don't want to have people touch me like a doorknob, that sort of stupid stuff. And so what I was really reflecting on from yesterday's visit up to the farm was that there is this, there was these two girls and the two girls which is Helios Farms, by the way. It's H-F-P-M-A, Helios Farms. So there was two young girls. One was six and one was nine. And their parents were from Canada. Their whole family's from Canada. They're down on the farm right now doing an internship for a while. And the family had them involved 
that and there was another family. There's two families there with young children. These two girls were something like six and nine, roughly. And there was another family with a young boy that was about five-ish, three, four to five-ish, and then a young baby, and it's still in a carrier. So two different families. And both families were there to have their children be part of the experience of having of watching a cow and a pig be slaughtered. Now, for this wimpy culture out here that's grown up on soy and has gotten their food from the supermarket and has decided that they don't like meat and they can't touch any of that and they have to only grow vegetables. And I think if they could not have, they would be very satisfied if they didn't have to even know that a vegetable's fruit was picked because they probably have a trauma over the idea that the vegetable's fruit was being removed involuntarily or something. All of this sounds very gruesome. But when you watch these, these two young girls in particular and the interest that they had, and then I get into more of the details. I mean, there was a castration of the pig. There was the putting down of the both animals. There was the, the gutting of both animals. And there was an engaged interest and an appreciation. It was a beautiful, it was a humane process all the way through. And it was a beautiful process to witness and a beautiful process to watch how engaged these young children were in the process of life. I will guarantee you there's not going to be a confusion on their genders when they grow up. I will guarantee you that there's, they have more education in them at three and six three and nine or nine and six years old roughly, then 90% of these kids going to school, learning whatever garbage they're teaching them. There is no discussion of race difference there. It's, in fact, what was really interesting is how their knowledge was, especially the girl about nine years old, was she was really knowledgeable in the whole process and had a lot of knowledge of what was going on more than others that were there, even adults. We're missing this linkage in our life. And we have been herded like cattle into a place where everything has to be sanitized. You have to double wash your hands every day. You have to use sanitizing soap 15 times a day. You you have to, we've gotten so far now, obviously, with this COVID now, since you have to be afraid of touching somebody You have to go through a process now of like hermetically keeping yourself safe from another person. We've isolated ourselves from the natural cycle of food to where we go and buy something out of a box like rice aroni or some sort of Cheerios or breakfast cereal. And we think that that's a natural product because it says natural on the box. We go and People buy their juice out of a bottle like sunburst orange juice or whatever that is. And it's, you know, 60% sugar and they consider that and they call it a natural product. If they read it's natural, it means it obviously came from the ground. But they have no clue the connection between the origin of the product and what they're putting in their body. And we've moved so far from the origins of food, we have lost the importance of the connection and the bridge between who we are, 
what we eat and what and how God intended for us to get it. And so we, in between all of that, comes the insertion of things like, whoa, you know, to make higher production milk, we better jam in a bunch of hormones into the milk because we have to produce more faster. And so, yep, sorry, at the end of, end of uh, three years, the cow is dead. Instead of a cow that's 12 years old, it's now dead at three because they've just hyper-accelerated the production of milk and they've destroyed it from inside out. It's just a machine. And we're, the, we're no different to these people that are thinking this way. So milk gets polluted. You've got to put some stuff in the feed to make the cow better so that the soil gets polluted, the cow gets polluted, the milk gets polluted. Everything that then touches the milk gets polluted. I'm just using one cycle. And we consume it, and it has high levels of hormones, high levels of rare earth minerals, or even just minerals, like metals, like aluminum or cesium or some other garbage like this. And then we we say, oh, we're sick. What are we going to do? And so we turn to the pharmaceutical industry, and we say, do you have a shot? Do you have a pill we can take? This is the cycle we're in. And then we are mystified. Like the child holding the hot pan, why our hands are getting burned. Why do we have cancer as the child holds the pan and his hands get seared? My hand is burning. Drop the pan. But my hand is burning. Drop the pan. My hand is burning. And we're like, getting cancer. I feel bad. I don't feel like I have any energy. I don't have, I have foggy brain syndrome. And, I, and we just, I don't, do you have a pill for that? Do you have a shot for that? Maybe I need more sleep. Maybe, maybe it's this. Maybe it's that. Maybe I'm too much stress in my life. Maybe I need to go see a counselor. And you go to the counselor and they say, well, you know, you need some sleep added. Well, okay, can you do that? I'll, I'll give you some sleep pills. And we just keep layering on the insanity. And it just keeps going on and on and on. And we just don't stop. And we're losing the connection that God had for us. And we're drifting farther away. And we keep scrambling to try to fix the same thing within the system. That's really where we are right now as a whole society. And it's like I've said, people are like, I'm going to I'm, oh, I'm raise thousands of dollars now for a pack to put a new person in office. Okay. What is that doing to improve the health of communities? Is that person going in there going to have make a difference? Yes, he's going to be able to pass bills. Okay, how are we going to do this? How are we going to do this in a system where the corporate principles of our country are completely controlled by the corporate interests of our country who are driven by the engines of Wall Street that links every single person in a, in a retirement account? And if Wall Street determines that it's not going to be profitable for a politician to pass a certain measure, they crush it in the various ways that they can so that the 401k owner can feel better about their 401k going up. The system is a complete, it's been completely woven in on itself. And somewhere in there we say, God, help us. God, can you heal me? Oh, I need to go to church and pray. If that sounds a bit blasphemous and a bit ridiculous, unfortunately, it's how our society has become. 
and we're just not sincere as a culture, and I'm not pointing my finger at anybody, but as a culture, we just aren't sincere with our faith. And so when things start to collapse and we start to ringing the bell, it's the, you know, the end of the world is coming. We're, we're going to have, a, they're going to come at us again with a new pandemic. The water's going to be polluted. They're spraying stuff from the sky. We're all going to die. And this is where everybody just needs to sit down and take a breath. Take a deep breath. And ask the first question of what can I do about it? And the answer is nothing. And of course, at the end of all these skies falling, if someone has faith, they're going to say, and and so we just need to pray to God. Okay, so all right, so I'm going to be completely freaked out with fear. And now I'm going to pray to God and it's going to be okay. So my, my question then to the very core of these sorts of things that are being put out is, why did you bother even to share it? Because at the end of the day, what you just said is everything's going to be fixed by prayer. And I'm just using this example for an important reason. So why bother to share the fear to get to the prayer? Why don't we just say, let's pray and, and get busy building a new world? Because the two are identical. We can either be in fear and pray to God to help us, or we can be in joy and pray to God to help us. Helping us with being in joy with God is to help us build a new world. The other way is to help us, God, get me out of fear. That's essentially where we are. We are at the road. We're at the valley of decision as a nation. So are we going to walk in a fearless way and pray with God and celebrate and say, we're going to build a new world and leave this mess behind us? Or are we going to keep trying to trudge up and through the wide gate and think that if we go through the wide gate, the easy path, that it's somehow not going to lead to destruction because God's going to sweep in and save us to the last minute? Because I've been afraid walking through the wide gate, God, it's horrible, God, it's horrible, they're coming at us, but help us, save us, let us do this. But we have to wind back to where that split in the path happened. We made the decision if we go that way to walk down that path. That is like doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different outcome. By definition, that is insanity. So if we're going to sit and really climb this narrow path, and we're going to continue to walk this narrow path, it has to be a narrow path of com- complete commitment in our hearts and our love in Christ. And it has to be fearless and it has to be completely filled 100% with trust. It's a trust is we we walk by faith not by sight. And that's the core of what we're doing. And when we're walking there there is truly it's a beautiful walk and it doesn't matter what befalls us. Okay, so let's take the worst possible case. You get hemorrhagic fever. Okay. And you die. Okay. (laughs) I'm still trying to find where the fear is because it's like you walk that path and you walk that path with God and that's where he led you for whatever reason. 
He led you there. It's not about teaching you a lesson because we all are moving in a path that God needs us to if we're obeying. And whatever happens, wherever we end up is where God needs us. But I'm not going to spend my time mulling around in the fear. And there's plenty of it. Stu Peters has been teeing up this thing with Dr. Artis about the the death that's coming through the water system. And I'm like, okay, I want to hear it. I want to hear what he has to say, okay? But the last little, one of the last teaser promos of this that Stu's been teeing up for six weeks, which I find completely irresponsible, by the way. You don't tee something up and go, I've got some big stuff coming, but I'm going to just tell you, don't drink the water. That's, this is the latest. If it's that bad, then you better share it with people and let people know so they can discern. But telling people, don't drink the water. What would you like me to do? You want me to start drinking Pepsi Cola? You want me to start drinking the blood of a pig? Or maybe I should do like the Scots under the plague and all they drank was whiskey and wine. I mean, where, where are we going with this? And so the whole point here is if we're going to be presenting these issues, if we keep within the context the intimacy with Father, what we're doing is we're presenting some facts for us to understand the potential threats ahead. But we always have to have an eye on where we need to maneuver and how we can maneuver and what our solutions are. I cannot stand fear porn. I can't stand it. Never have had any stomach for it. I have no stomach for major drama. And I think a lot of this comes from a simple fact, which is it's not something I'd wish on everybody, but I think the fact is that this is a war and there's way too many people that don't, that not have not developed the maturity of war. When we take the characters of David and Joshua and Gideon, they have the maturity of war. They have the maturity of battle. They've seen, and they've had the maturity of life. That's the other part about this. It doesn't even need to be war. It goes back to what I was saying. They've grown up seeing animals slaughtered. They've grown up seeing, having to, to cut the animals up to feed. It's a normal process of life. But when we're disconnected with this, all of these things become panics. We don't have the association of the natural process of life within our life. There is nothing more important in my opinion right now than people getting back to putting their hands in the earth and beginning to garden again. And every opportunity you have to connect back with older skills, harvesting your own food, harvesting your own meat, do it. Because it connects us in a way that we are missing. All of this stuff that people get worked up on, which always comes through the channels of the internet, And I hear a lot of this stuff, and I will tell you, I have been exposed in real tactical, operational, and strategic means. I have seen many capabilities that would leave a lot of people unable to sleep at night, literally. And there's easy ways to present that in such a way as well that would gin up fear. By the way, gin's an interesting term. You know what a gin is? A jinn is a gypsy. So I always find that interesting when we say jinn up here because that's actually 
a process of a gypsy coming in and causing all sorts of the genie, not gypsy, I'm sorry, genie, genie, like a genie out of the bottle thing. One of those things that you hear about, like three wishes sort of thing, these crazy gins. That's what that is really coming from, is ginning up fear because they stir up messes and stuff. And that's what we're doing to ourselves. And it all comes down to just our center point of where we walk in life. And as we walk in that grounded place and the more that we are spending our time concerned and focused about the cycle of food, where are we going to get our next meal? And where's it going to come if the grocery store doesn't have it? Because right now the solution to food is if I work 20 hours then I can buy so much food. If I work 40 hours, I can buy so much more food. And if the price of food goes up, that means that if I work 20 hours or 40 hours, I can buy less food. That's not God's way. We need to be building that community, talking about the processes and doing the processes to help grow the food to get us back to the cycles. And this is where I think is most critical is as we anchor ourselves back into the cycles of life, We're connected in a deep way. And a lot of this nonsense just goes away. It isn't to say that we aren't to be aware of what's going on, nor is it to say that we shouldn't keep a defensive eye on the encroachment of an enemy that wants to take everything away. But it's a posturing in this whole thing of a decision of whether it's going to be an overwhelming fear and anxiety for myself or whether... I'm going to take a position of always being in a tactical strength in this walk in such a way that I'll be able to adapt to what's coming at me, always knowing that my center point rests with Father. My banner is always Christ. And as I walk here, I'm actually connected and doing something to empower my sovereignty to make sure that I have control over my life. When we water this all down, I go back to those two young girls. There wasn't a fear. There wasn't a mourning for the pig or the cow. There wasn't screaming and running around and crying over this. It was an understanding that there was a process of life that things had to move on and everything was done humanely and respectfully with God to take exactly what was needed and to use all that was given literally There's not a piece of that animal that isn't being used. And to fulfill the cycle of life. When we have that balance and understanding, we can endure almost anything. And that doesn't say in the process of life that there isn't going to be loss and pain because that's natural and it happens. Doesn't mean that we're trying to hybridize something so that it can be some creation of our own hands. It doesn't mean that I'm going to spend my days trying to calculate what gender is going to be best suited for me or if I'm going to make an appointment to get my get a weenie snip or not. I mean, th- these are the sort of idle brains and idle hands outcomes of a world that has spun completely out of control and has lost touch, not with its whole origin of existence. It's truly decadent in that sense. 
So as we go through this week coming up, there's going to be some normal crazy. And I would just challenge everybody to find those moments to make sure and put your hands in the earth, literally. Walk on the earth barefoot a bit. Feel what God's world is like. Breathe the air. Take some time just to experience the light of the sun. Step off the pavement. Step onto the grass. If you can find a field of wild flowers or something, go walk in it. If you can walk in your garden, do so. And take a Take some time just to connect with the glory and the beauty of all that God is. You know, the seeds are such an amazing thing. The creation of life with us is a rather involved process. And I say that because the, the creation of life between man and woman is, is an involved process. And yet we're reminded of the power of creation with a single seed in the soil and a bit of water. This thing goes crazy. And pretty soon, like, your bean sprouts are coming up. Your amaranth is, is popping. Your potatoes are coming up. These are amazing things, and it's all just soil and water. And when we get to the center of all of that, it resets us back towards the garden. I have no worries about what's coming. And I have no worries because it seems like every day God puts on another thing for me to have to pursue and do, and I'm doing it. And along the way, I'm learning amazing skills. I'm meeting amazing people. And each day is another adventure to add something new to the list of accomplishments and challenges. There's no real time to get wrapped up in the silliness of this modern human existence. I don't worry about life or death. I've already been, they tried to kill me enough times in my life that it's good. Mark that one up to God's success. And it just doesn't matter what the fears are that they're throwing at you because at the end of the day, what they're doing in this time is they're trying to force you to make choices by using your free will because nothing has been mandated. In the last two years, if you think back, not one thing was forced. Everything was a choice. Even the jobs. You had a choice to leave or to stay to take the shot. You always had a choice to wear the mask or not wear the mask. Might have cost you the job, but there was always a choice. And in the bigger picture of God's hand, those are choices. They may not be choices you like, but it goes back to 1 Corinthians 10, 13, that you may be able to endure it. Because God's never had us locked in on any of this, nor has Satan been able to lock us in on any of this. You haven't been tackled in the street to be injected. They haven't sent in sweep teams to round everybody up in a, village and execute the elders and throw the rest in the back of the truck as the women and children are screaming and hollering and drive them away into some internment camp where they starve you to death by not giving you rice and water like Ethiopia or Sudan. None of that's happening or the Congo. None of that's happening. Everything that we're challenged with right now is ultimately a, a process of our own mind and it's a choice of the paths we want to take. 
and the paths are pretty simple. Before you are all the fears and manifestations of your fears that you can choose. And there's a smorgasbord of those. All you have to do is pick up any piece of news and you can choose one. Or there's this other path and it's God's path. And it's the path where Christ is standing there just waiting for us. And it's a glorious path. And with it are these words that they call you. It's trust in me. And we trust in him and we walk. And we go there. And it's not like we don't hear the other side. And it's not like once in a while a rock or a boulder doesn't come rolling between our paths. We have to kind of step out of the way. Because they don't want us leaving the matrix. But every time that happens, what do we hear? Trust in me. And what else do we hear? Fear not. Sounds good. I'll keep walking. You lose your job. I go, oh, what's going to happen? Trust in me. Fear not. Upheavals here or there in your life. What happens? Trust in me. Fear not. And we build a greater and greater strength to endure this period and endure this change, whatever this is going to look like. Because we have no idea what God's plans are or what his timing is. And even though we keep telling ourselves that we know what it is and we know how the story ends, we have no idea exactly where we are other than the fact that right now the one thing we absolutely, without a doubt, without any hesitation, absolutely know. God is with us. He will never forsake us. Christ sacrificed himself for us. And as long as we trust in him and really reach to him, to enjoy the glory of this time, we got it made. All this other stuff, it's theater. Can't say it's a good theater sometimes, but it's theater. And as long as we remember that, it's a pretty easy stride down the street. Not a big deal. Let's keep walking. Let's pray. Father, we just want to thank you this evening just the blessing of being here in this time, in this place. And Jesus, we're always just so humbled by all that has been given by you, all that has just been given for us and the everlasting love that we have. Father, in this time, we, we really do get wander sometimes. I think we're getting better and better at walking down the path, but it's easy for everybody to get, easy for all of us to get sidetracked on the noise and the confusion, the chaos, the silliness of it all, because it is just a theater. So forgive us, Father, for those moments of getting lost in the show and losing perspective on where the anchor and grounding is. You've given us everything that we need. And every time we seek, you give us more. And whatever that looks like, you have always provided for us as we've trusted in you. So thank you. And here now we face a looming crisis of many things, it seems. The threats of bioweaponry being used against us. The threats of poisoned water. The threats of, of food shortages. The threats of no gas. 
And if we really listen, Father, we know that all of that, even if it's all stripped away, like the parable of the young rich man, we just have to let it go anyway in the end because we've got to still walk this path without any attachments to the material things. We need to watch, watch this path without any fear. And we need to walk this path with absolute trust. So tonight, Father, we just pray for that, those power, the power and anchoring of no, tr- no fear, full trust, and no attachment to material things will just take its root in everyone's heart. To just pursue this time in this place with the gifts that you provide, however humble or however large, to do so with the fury that you put in our hearts to build out a kingdom, to help one another, to love our neighbor, and to protect those that have no voice. Let us be fearless in those places. Let us be relentless. And let us be humbled by all that is constantly provided in our lives. Guide us, Father, and direct us. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. So I'm just going to leave you with this last little thought. It's kind of a cool thought. So we have a a looming food crisis, which is not a joke. I don't take it lightly. I take it seriously. And we have a big buyout going on in our corporate agriculture lands by the Chinese, which as they do that, everything that they produce will be shipped out of this country. But here's some realities to think about. That land, 30% of it has no topsoil. That land is becoming increasingly desertified, so it can't grow much of anything. And yet there's, that's 893 million acres, something like that, in a sum of our agricultural land. Not all of it is in the control of foreign powers. Not all of it is in production, so we have a diminishing returns. And not all that food ever goes to the American market either. But here's, I've mentioned this in a previous show, and I just, if everyone could just kind of settle in on this one, I think it's pretty amazing. There's 70 million acres of lawn in this country, of toxic lawn. If Americans got serious about this, and you turn 70 million acres of lawn into 70 million acres of productive garden, every American would reassess their value completely different in what they consider to be wealth. Because as the dollar diminishes, which is a good thing, because it has to be broken from our commitment of worship, wealth will transform to meaning other things. Precious metals, we talk a lot about in terms of the monetary system, but wealth is different. Wealth is our connection with God, our spiritual wealth, it's our emotional wealth, it's our talent wealth, and it's things like seeds and food for our nutritional health. If everybody started to realize how important those types of things were, especially nutritional health, there would be no shortage in this country. There would be a bounty, in fact, because everybody would have some food and everybody would have excess in something or another, and together we would be just fine. That's not naive at all. That's just a perspective. It's a paradigm shift that's required. And with that, we would discover for the first time the true meaning of unlimited 
wealth, and potential in God's eyes. Because God doesn't need money. What he needs is trust, and what he needs is us to listen. Have a blessed evening. I'll see you tomorrow afternoon for Bended Knee, 1 p.m. Pacific. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He will never forsake us. And our prayers right now are so important to just reach into him and build that loving and intimate relationship with all that he's offered. In the end, God will win this. But we're here in this time and this place for a very important reason. And for just such a time as this, occupy the land, expand the kingdom, mission forward. See you tomorrow afternoon, until then, or until the next time. God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now. All this time we had to prove that we could stand here too. All the nights been pushing through, fight for all we had to lose. Reaching out for something to pull us up to the level ground. Oh, I can see it now. I can see it now.